hosts. My name is Maggie, and I'm your other host. And we are best friends, and we are reading young adult novels from our past, like the ghosts of Christmas time, just like the Christmas Carol. Just like the Christmas Carol, uh, just as spooky, maybe sexier. Probably a lot sexier. Unless, how horny were you reading a Christmas Carol? I was at a solid. Oh, you know what? Actually, the ghost of Christmas. Present. Present. He fucks. The guy who kind of looks like a lion. Yeah. He was pretty I'd hot. Absolutely rail him. And you're like, Maggie, do you mean the movie version? Do you mean maybe the version? Is in it your the head? Muppets version? No, oh. it's not. It's this little figurine that my parents <gasps> had in one of our like China doll um, Christmas towns. Yeah. And I think about him all the time. I thought I, he was so hot. Uh, is it great that we also just learned a lot about me that I immediately went to? It's gotta be the Muppets version. Yeah, hold up. Freeze check. So the Muppets. Muppets version of Christmas present? Have you seen the Muppets version of the Christmas Carol? Uh, no, I haven't. It is the best one. We're gonna watch it this year, Maggie, because it is the, the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol. Okay. Um, the Ghost of Christmas Present, he isn't, like, hot per se, because he is a Muppet, but he just has a very cheerful and fun personality, and, like, who doesn't love to get down with a cheerful and fun personality? Oh, I love that. Exactly. You know what else I love? What? This podcast. Uh, we are in the middle of reading The Vampire Diaries. We're in the final five books, Maggie. No way. Isn't that nuts? Whoa, wait, we're in the final five? Well, I guess we're in like the final six. I should have yeah. said five. Final six. Okay. Um, I get so confused. There's so many of them. But we are reading The Vampire Diaries, The Hunters, Volume 1, Phantom. Oh. Which is the eighth book in the series. It is the eighth book in the series, first book in our heart, because we kind of like this one. Yeah, uh, listeners, so we've been kind of teasing this for a minute because we talk about this a lot. L.J. Smith was fired after the, nope, this is the seventh book, not the eighth book, because, wait, no, is there four books? No, oh. there was four books initially, there was three books, and now it's the eighth book because there were seven total. Great, yep. math. Confusing. Anyway, L.J. Smith was fired after the seventh book uh, from the Return Trilogy. The publishers had had enough with her. This was also around the time when the show was really taking off. Mm -hmm. So something didn't align. They didn't like where she was going with the story arc, and they cut her off. This trilogy and the next trilogy are both written by ghostwriters, um, and we've been reading a ghostwriter for now. Which is pretty awesome. And Maggie and I are down with it. Boy, do they do a much more fluid, succinct matter of uh, writing everything. Everything is a lot more pieced together, a lot more thoughtful. Yeah. And nothing is weird. This took me back to, like, the first four books. Because I really liked the first four books. I thought the tone of it was super fun. Yeah. And I felt like this really captured the tone that we both really, like, felt hard with like the first time around when the season started yeah but um to kick us off before we jump into the vampire diaries the hunters volume one phantom i have to keep looking at the book because it is a long title it is i wanted to read lj smith's uh commentary of when she got fired uh, oh. because she published a statement oh my god isn't that it's tea oh. um okay here it goes. I want to ask anyone who is thinking of it not to boycott Harper's, the publishing company, or anyone. It just doesn't make sense. Although I wanted and still want more than anything to be able to continue the Vampire Diaries series myself, there's no point in not trying the new books. Parenthetical. And remember for fans of Bonnie and Damon and strict Stefan and Elena fans, the immediate dynamics may be more to your liking. Uh, besides which, Midnight 
which is the book seven, uh, which is all mine is coming out in March. And I believe there may be some of my writing in Phantom, which is the book we're reading right now. So with that, um, it, I also learned in my findings that LJ Smith, like this wasn't her original idea. She was actually like commissioned by Harper's Collins to like come up with the Vampire Diaries. Like they made the title and she had to like work with, she made all the characters though. So that's how they were able to fire her from it. Why did they commission her? I don't know. Well, it sounds like she did a lot of other uh, kind of like fantasy YA stuff in like the 80s and 90s. Oh, okay. So I think she had other series that were popular. So I think they kind of just pulled her in and said, hey, make a vampire series for us. That makes sense. Because I think when I looked her up, she had like a best-selling series, The Circle. Yeah. Which I don't know what it is, but I think it's also a young adult. Um, makes sense. Wow. And with that, should we dive in? I think we should dive in. So, uh, I love, I love that this author, uh, I should look up the name of this ghost author, but this ghost author, they really take the time to kind of debrief what happened and try to like make sense of it all. Yeah. And like clear, clear the air. That's kind of the vibe we're getting. They're kind of like, okay, a lot of stuff went down. Let me just, like, kind of try to, like, mull it over and, like, mesh it into, like, weave it into a better story. Oh, yeah. They do legitimate world building, which is so nice. Yeah. Because we have not gotten any of these characters built out whatsoever. Besides yeah. being told exactly who they are. But yeah. that's not... We don't know their dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. We really get, like, a lot of these people, like, fleshed out more with just, like, the briefest statements that it's just, like, oh, my God, we needed that. Yeah. Um, But we open on... There is a dream at Bluetooth which is from the um, last trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, which was where the bird was attacking them. It's Damon and uh, Elena. They're in her ballroom, and Damon is telling her to call for him. And, and then she wakes up, and it's diary time. So we get a big summary of what's been going down. They all have another chance now. Everything that happened in the past seven books is no more. They have the slave white cleaned. Um, which is hilarious, and I think they call it out enough, like, how ridiculous it is that, yeah. like, we all buy it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of those uh, cop-outs on their behalf, sort of like in Lost, in the end of Lost finale. Well, yeah. Finale, like, it was all a dream. Yeah, but this is better than that. This is much better than that. Um, Aleda has waked up, w- wakes up, is disoriented, like, whoa, where am I? And it's it's her own room. She's not in Lady Oma's. Yeah. She's not in the Dark Dimension. The Guardians have sent her... Back to Fell's Church, all prim and proper, um, because they delivered those Kitsune treasures to them, and they got they got their life. She got her life back. Easy, easy peasy. And I did write down in my notes here because boy, do I have a big question. So we know that Elaine, the Guardians, caused Elena's parents' death. Yeah. And we learn in this book that Margaret was in the car, and like this entire time, I'm thinking Elena's like four when her parents are in this car accident. But Elena's 18, and Margaret just turned 5, which means Elena was, like, 13 or 14 when her parents died. And we've been, like, led to believe that this happened when she was very, very young. Yeah. So this is a weird plot hole uh, that I don't, I think that they're hoping we won't really, like, recognize. Because I thought that this kind of happened when she was, like, nine years old. Yeah. Which means that uh, Margaret, who they do call Maggie, I must say, they call her Maggie once in the book, but um, I thought Margaret wasn't born. Yeah. But then it's like, but then how was she born, not born if 
her parents both died. I they am just, like, so rip- happy too in this book that um they do say that in the car accident um she like actually saw the guardian's invisible car. Yeah. Because a lot of the things L. J. Smith would do would be dance around her idea and make it sound more grandiose than it really was. Yeah. And this writer straight up was like, straight it was an invisible point. car. Yeah. Which is so dumb, but that is exactly what yep. she was trying to describe. Yeah, this writer is like, hey, I was hired to save the series. Let's, let's, let's do it. And he does a pretty good job. Yeah. So Elena is in her room. We get, we get a little bit of Elena's personality of her room. She had a rocking chair in there, which is really... Okay, Grandma. Really weird for a high schooler to... Yeah. Oh, my God. I think I had a rocking chair in my room. That's so funny, Maggie. Oh, God. You were just ripping on Elena, and you are Elena. You know what? Because I got a lot of furniture from this dead woman for college, and I really wanted the rocking that chair. That literally sounds like a thing that could happen to Elena. <laughs> I didn't know where to put it at college, so it just stayed in my room, which is in high school. That means- I'm in college, but I'm still like 19. Well, you're an adult at that point. You're refined. Your tastes are elegant. That's why you have a rocking chair. Right, so I guess Elena and I had a rocking chair <laughs> in our room. Hey, Maggie, her sister. Yes. Are you Margaret? A plot twist that our listeners didn't see coming. Hey, if Elena goes to school to become a doctor like my sister, then... Fuck, maybe I am. Fuck, could be. Um, I will say, um, because Elena's really sussing out, like, the vibes now. Like, after she wakes up, Margaret bursts into her door and she's like, I missed you. And yeah. Elena's like, ha ha ha, okay, uh, act like the world is normal. And she's like, but we, we've only been away for, like, eight short hours while we slept. And Margaret's like, yeah, I know. But something about the way Margaret's acting feels like she knows. Oh, it's some- baby geniuses, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but, like, so she knows that, like, hey... Some shit went down, you weren't here, and now you are. I mean, kids have that radar, yeah. you know? At, like, four or five. My nephew, who is now three, will say random shit all the time. We were getting ice cream, and he just said out of nowhere, they fixed me. Yeah. I was like, buddy, who, what the fuck are you talking about? I think oh. they know. They just know. Kids are weird. Uh, they're all kind of possessed. They're all kind of possessed, but in, so that was, now the kids aren't possessed, but like, aren't all kids possessed? This is like a different possessed, and it's like an all-knowing possession. So Margaret is like, happy Sunday, I love you, Uncle Rob, who Aunt Judith married, married, is making them breakfast, um, and Margaret's like, please don't leave me again. Yeah, and Elena's like, also checking out, like, she sees like, a picture from graduation, and it's like, her, Bonnie, and Meredith, and she's like, this is so weird, that, like, I, in this, like, timeline, I've lived an entire life that I am not aware of. She's graduated. She yeah. went to Aunt Judith's wedding. She won the Ice Queen thing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, how disorienting would that be to suddenly just have, like, a blip of six months of your life? Yeah. And suddenly you're, like, playing catch-up and you have to just act normal. That's the thing. Does it... Okay, so is your soul, like, the same across universes? Or would your soul have... Um, de- or kind of like Maggie's listeners, Maggie's making like grabbing their hands in front of their chest in a way that looks like Maggie's trying to grab for larger. Tits. I'm trying to illustrate. Okay, so would your soul in a different universe just like absorb this this soul? This I guess so. I mean, like I think, like arguably, your soul would translate across timelines. I'm okay. thinking, okay, did, you watched Rick and Morty, like, a little bit, right? Yeah. There is an episode of that where they have to, like, they ruin their timeline. So, like, they, they them two, they just, like, go and pick up at another one. Oh, yeah. And um, 
Rick is like, yeah, I found a timeline where pretty much everything is the exact same except for one thing. And then they just kill themselves there and replace them, bury them in the backyard. So, oh, I know what episode. Yeah, you're and so that's about. why I'm kind of thinking here. The Guardians are like, great, great, great. So multiverse does exist, but we do have to put this group of friends just in a timeline that uh, is almost exactly uh, like what they were just in. Yeah, which is really weird. Um, and in this timeline, yeah. uh, Elena doesn't lift a finger at breakfast. It's it's Sunday. Uncle Rob is making breakfast. Margaret thinks it's really weird. She offers to make uh, breakfast, but when she goes downstairs, her uncle is, um, they're all kind of on edge. They're like, um, Elena, uh, are you going to be good girl Elena now? Because we had grounded you. And she's realizing, uh-oh, maybe I'm a bad girl Elena. Uh-oh, I'm battling <laughs> In this timeline. Uh, like the darkest timeline in, <laughs> in the community. Yes. Um, but we also, okay, I have another small plot hole that I want to point out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Elena mentions, like, as we're kind of doing this rehash and getting acquainted with Aunt Judith and Robert again, uh, she's like, everybody likes Stefan now because nobody, like, knows he's a vampire. And that was a big thing that happened in the first few books. Yeah. Uh, but she was like, oh, it's so nice because Aunt Judith used to not not like Stefan because he was like framed for the murder of Mr. Tanner and it's like no and Judith didn't like Stefan because Damon influenced her to not like Stefan yeah so that was just another thing I wrote down and I wanted to show the listeners that I care about the world damn and Judith stick to your roots exactly stick to your guns. but it's also possible that just like in this timeline I guess in the last time maybe they changed the last timeline that's too confusing we're gonna dip out of what I'm saying. This is a wild time. Well, I mean, Elena's going to try to stop being a bad girl in this universe because she agrees to daughter-aunt bonding time with Aunt Judith at 6 p.m. Girls' night. And she's like, can I invite Bonnie and Meredith? But just Bonnie shows up. Yeah. Um, And we're noticing small changes more as Elena's going about her day. She also runs runs into Isabel and Jim, who are not as horrible as they were left last scene uh jim it had had eaten his entire like face essentially and fingers and isabel had a ton of piercings and it, had slit her tongue and they're and, like elena's like oh my god you guys are okay and she like hugs isabel and isabel's like what like because like they weren't like friends before all this went down and they yeah. weren't even friends after it it's just like kind of like they just like know of each other yeah, they're totally normal, apart from the si- uh, the fact that they are very confused why Elena's being so nice, and Elena's like, oh man, it's just, I'm nostalgic about high school, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah, she crazy goes, crazy years. And then she's like, oh, well, nice seeing you guys, I'm gonna go say hi to my parents' grave, and then she trots on over to her parents' grave. And amidst this time, um, Stefan does show up to, like, accompany her in the town, and they kind of realize that they can't communicate telepathically oh, anymore. Yeah. And he's she's kind of sad about that. Yeah, I think Stefan, as we find out, gets like a little more hurt that that connection is lost. Yeah, it does pan out. But him and Elena are off to um, the the grave. Because, you know, when, when my life turns back to normal, I also like to do normal things, like immediately go to the graveyard. Yeah, hey, we've all been there. Bad Elena loves the graveyard. <laughs> Um, and, and Stefan's there, he's being good boy, and he's assuring her, like, hey, the death wasn't your fault, it was the Guardians, don't let them tell you that. But then he also reverse reverses, and he's like, but also, like, Elena, don't pretend that you didn't love my brother. 
he fucking calls her out. Yep. Books one through seven, Damon would never do such a thing. But now, Ghostwriter book eight, Damon, aware of his feelings and trying to process them in an unhealthy way. Oh, yes. Stefan's not too nice in this. He's got, like, some of the edgy um, Edward Cullen brooding in this. Stefan's got trauma. I think it's very hot. And I love it. He's like, yeah, don't pretend you didn't love Damon. I know you did. And it's it's just like, oh, no. So they start grieving over Damon's loss together. And they're like, oh, we miss Damon. You know, he could always sense danger and not to trust someone. And very sweet. Stefan admits he misses him. And he was like, we were growing closer. I was happy that we were brothers again. And then he left so soon. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It's really sad. Um, But... All is not lost because if you remember the last book, there was a glimmer of hope that Damon was alive among the ash and soot of a planet. And we do just the briefest check-in of uh, Damon waking up there. Yeah. It's so brief. It's we a, get one of those like sentient click. scenes and a finger yeah. twitch and then we're out of there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But back in Fell's church, Alaric is finally coming back. He has been gone for a very long time. And And how is Meredith preparing for this but boxing Matt? In her basement that, like, uh, apparently her basement is finished in this timeline that uh, they've turned into a sparring gym. Kind of hot that they're sparring, though. Which, okay, alternate universe, calling it out. If Klaus never... If the class never happened, never took her brother, would she have become a vampire slayer in this timeline? Well, so it sounds like the vampire slayer thing is, like, generational. So it wasn't like she just decided to become one. She mentions oh. that it's, like, in her family. Oh, the same way, like, people will have twins and skips a generation? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or just psychic like that. powers. Psychic powers are twins. Which would you rather have? Um, I'd probably rather have twins. Like, am I be a twin? Oh, no. You would give birth. Oh, I don't want to give birth, then I will choose a psychic power. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I was really shocked. uh, Either way, because, like, if I was just like, oh, I'd be a twin or I'd have psychic powers, I would choose be a twin because I feel like the psychic powers would just freak me out. Yeah. I feel like they just ruin all my relationships because I would, like, hear someone think something badly of me and I'd be like, I'm I'm a terrible person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't need to hear other people's thoughts to think I'm Well, I guess that is telepathy. So I guess I could be psychic and be like... But then I feel like I would know when people are going to, like, die or bad things are going to happen. And I'd probably be really depressed. I have social media. I already go down that hole. Exactly. I already am psychic. I have social media. Matt is trying to suss out if um, Meredith is excited at all that Alaric is coming back. And, um... He's also bringing his little research friend, Cecilia. Yeah, and uh, he also doesn't know that Meredith's a vampire slayer. She's been leaving that out of their letters. She's not excited he's bringing his friend back. Not too excited that, like, he doesn't know the secret about her identity as a hunter slayer. And it's just drama. And we'll get more on that later because, boy, is it girls' night. And we are going to Happy Town Arcade. And I love this. Uh, I'm getting, I love that we're getting some more vibrancy from Aunt Judith here because in the first few books, it was just more like, she's the paternal figure in Elena's life. And she would just say things like, where are you going? And why weren't you home? And now she's like, oh, uh, I figure, you know, Margaret tags along to so many of our adult things that it'd be really nice to take Margaret to like a place that she loves. And like, Margaret's just running around, playing token games, and excited about the pizza and hot dogs. They're just having a normal time, eating pizza, seeing boy bands. Yeah. And the next morning, Elena... Oh, this is where Andrew does say Alaric is too old, which is hilarious. Oh, that is? I thought that it was the next morning, right? 
Oh, I guess it might be the next morning. Sorry, my notes are very congealed. That's okay. So, yep. Um, Elena is kind of giving Aunt Judith the play-by-play. They're just going to have a chill day. They got to go pick up a lark. And this, yes, exactly like Laura said, Aunt Judith is like, who? And she goes, our our teacher? <laughs> She's like, yeah, Meredith and him are dating. And Andrew is like, he is way too old to be doing that. He's 24. Yeah, and I don't even think when he was first introduced he was 24. I think he was like 30-something when he was first introduced. And he was also originally uh, introduced, I think, in book three or four as a vampire hunter. So, like, weird. Oh. Oh, my God, he was. Yeah. Because <sighs> remember he was doing spells? Like, yeah. I don't know. I pay too much attention. Um, but, uh-oh, a knock at the door. Could it be Stefan? No. New character alert. New and character alert. he's hot. And he's hot. We haven't gotten a new character alert in a while. We did this in private a lot, but we haven't had a new character alert in a minute because, boy, does Caleb make a little sexy entrance. I picture him, like, shirtless, wearing, like, jeans that are really old, and he's like, oh, I've just been... Helping your aunt with the yard work all summer. Oh, yeah. He is like um, John Tucker Must Die in Desperate Housewives. Just tanned, gardener, but he's got blonde curls. Um, And we also find out he is Tyler Smallwood's cousin, and he's just been living with his aunt and uncle while Tyler is missing. Uh, because we still don't know where Tyler and Caroline are because they were not part of the Guardian deal. <laughs> He's got a pretty good opening scene. I mean, he shows up, he gives Elena a rose, but it was already on her porch. Yeah. Conveniently. Yeah. And it, Sus. Elena does feel a little bit of a, like a strangeness to him. And she's like, there's this weird vibe I'm getting. I don't know if it's bad or good, but there's something here. She doesn't think he's a werewolf. She just kind of thinks he's some guy doing yard work for her aunt. And it doesn't even matter because she's got to get the heck out of there. She yeah. bounces past him. She gets in Matt's car because um, they're going to pick up a lark from yeah. the train station. Um, and we do have, like, a little brief mental check-in with Meredith that I think is really important because, again, very important that we get, like, a lot more understanding to these characters. Yeah. And Meredith is, like, really wondering, like, how did this timeline affect her? Because it, we've gotten a lot how it affects Elena, but, like, Meredith's like, I'm involved in this, too, like... How did this affect Klaus? How does this affect this brother that I was supposed to have? Yeah, now we don't know. Important. Uh, and then, but she also is, like, fully acknowledging, like, y'all, just because we we hit the reset button doesn't mean that bad things aren't still going to happen. Like, I think we need to be prepared because some shit could be going down at any moment. And they're like, ooh, Meredith, are you just concerned because you're going to see your boyfriend? And Stefan's like, no, there's trouble coming. And they're like, ooh, you guys, I think Meredith is just so nervous about seeing a large. And Matt goes, hey guys, it's okay because, hey, our football team won the championships this year <laughs> and I'm going on a full ride to Kent State. Yeah, so they all forget about that <laughs> for a minute. He's going to Kent State. Bonnie isn't going to community college because she had a better GPA in this universe, so she's going to a four-year. Yeah. She says all of the stress of not having your best friend dying allowed her to study more, which I was like, that's hilarious and true. And also, does... Doesn't Elena's death happen, like, spring semester of senior year? Yeah. At that point, you would have gotten into a place. I don't think your grades are like... My I grades tanked. I guess this ghostwriter was not depending on that. Uh, but we also uh, hear through the grapevine that Vicky is alive and normal. Yep. Uh, Mar- Bonnie. Bonnie ran into her in town. And apparently Elena had run into her a week before. Gave her some lip gloss. Um, Elena has conveniently on this little car trip, she brings her little rose, 
Yeah, which is weird. Why would you bring this to go pick up Alaric? But okay, Elena. I don't know if I would want... Like, I wouldn't be flaunting that someone gave me a rose in front of my partner. Yeah. Personally. But, you know, Elena is. Rub it. Rub some salt in Stefan's wounds. I know. She's like, um, I don't love you. And plus, someone else gave me a rose. Yeah. And Bonnie is looking at this rose. Uh, and the rose pricks her. And blood's like, too much blood starts seeping down her forearm. But it's not flowing in a normal way. We see that it's spelling out Celia over and over and over again down her arm. So we're like, what's going on? Matt's like, Stefan, it's starting up again, isn't it? And Stefan's like, yeah. And he's like, I think Caleb is the cause for this. I was thinking maybe Celia's the cause for this. We don't know, because Tyler's still MIA, but we're going to the train station still. Alaric and Celia exit. They decide to take some pictures. Yep, Meredith and Alaric are hugging immediately, dispelling any rumors that him and Cecilia are a thing, but I don't, I don't know. I still, that doesn't matter. Yeah. I've um, hugged people I've fucked before. And y'all, are you ready for this plot to get going? Because as they're taking pictures, uh, they're doing it so the train is the backdrop, but then the train starts taking off and they realize Cecilia's gone. Cecilia gets her scarf caught in the train door and she's sprinting to catch up to get free but she cannot because if if that train hits that end of the The uh, platform platform, she's she's gonna fall she's gonna break her neck she's gonna break her little neck stefan swoops into superhero vampire mode um and he runs along and he's able to like hack through her scarf and he saves her and celia's like man alarm told me you were a vampire and i think that's fascinating and stefan's like why are you telling people that I'm a vampire? That's what got us into this mess in the first place. That is, that, oh, that pissed me off so much. I was like, Alaric. Alaric sucks. Dude, come on. Uh, the listeners, wait, this gets better because they look on the platform and they notice that the scarf torn to shreds, fallen on the platform, has spelled out Meredith's name. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun! It's a Final Destination plot, y'all! It is! I love Final Destination. It is pro- It is probably in my, like, top movie franchises. They escape death, it's coming for it's them. It's coming for them, and we know it's coming for Meredith next. They go to tell, hey, you thought that was scary? Get a load of this next scene. They go to tell Mrs. Flowers about this, and uh-oh, who does Alaric put his arm around to comfort? Celia. Celia. Are you calling it Celia? Celia. Okay, you know what? I was writing it down and then I autocorrected it. I'll go back to Celia. (laughs) Uh, Would you want to do that again so we can do the power effect? And who is Alaric putting his arm over? Celia. And I'm not going to edit that out just so listeners can get the... Not Meredith. Yeah. Yeah. And Bonnie, ride or die, making like glares at Alaric this entire time. We love it. Yep. Um, and Mrs. Flowers being a little too nonchalant about this, she's like, we need to find out, like, the intention behind the names, because maybe it's not a bad thing, and we're like, it probably is a bad thing, Mrs. Flowers. Yeah, they're kind of speculating on why these things are happening, and Bonnie's like, maybe Damon? I mean, Elena was communicating yeah. to him. And Mrs. Flowers kind of. like, wait, 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 let me let me tune in to my mama frequency. <laughs> uh, and she goes, uh-oh, mama says there's something dark in Fell's church again, and it is deadly. So we're like, okay, it's confirmed that something's bad. 
Yeah. God, she really does tune yeah. into the mama. And they're like, okay, so mama frequency did not work. Bonnie, could you get possessed, please? Again? And of course, Celia's like, you're not a psychic. And Alaric is like, Celia, you all just got like escaped from death from a vampire. Um, and all of this other shit's been going down, and you don't believe that this, this person is psychic. Really? Bonnie's like, watch me. Gets possessed, and this voice comes through her that says, darkness is coming, and Elena brought it. Yeah, it's like, uh-oh, shit. Could've, probably could have guessed that. Uh, and then, like, oh, in Bonnie's head, she's like, of course, it's always fucking about Elena, which I love now. I know. Because we have been asking for books. Why these, like, friends just blindly follow her around? They put up with her, and Elena doesn't even make an effort to not make them feel like sidekicks. Like, a second thought. And now, it's like, I feel like they're fully, like, aware of it. Like, no, we've done enough shit for her, and she doesn't do jack shit for us. Bonnie's getting kind of annoyed, um, because not only does everyone love and care about Elena, Matt isn't over Elena, which Bonnie, I still think, has a crush on. She's also kind of getting annoyed that everyone always undermines her. Yeah. Uh, And Bonnie... Next cool plot point asks Mrs. Flowers to train her because she's like, I have all these powers. I deserve to know how they work. It kind of seems like she's toying with the idea of bringing Damon back. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. Um, check in with Stefan now. Mm-hmm. He's having some intrusive thoughts because he's kind of playing over and over in his head um, that he doesn't have all of Elena. Like, Elena isn't fully his because she's still in love with Dana and he, like, we get, like, the replay of Damon's death yes. through Stefan's eyes, and it's honestly, like, shattering. Like It's a pretty devastating flashback. He notices that, I mean, we get the scene played out again where Damon dies, Elena's crying, Elena cuts her throat, tries to give it to Damon, and then starts kissing Damon. And Stefan not only watches this, but realizes that they are sharing their own frequency telepathically, like him and Elena do, but he can't tune into it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I would be so jealous. I don't know how Stefan has stayed this long. I don't either. I I couldn't do it. Uh, The moment you are kissing on someone close to me, even if they are dying, I would be like, fuck you. Absolutely fuck you. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I don't know. I can't okay. do it. I have another weird plot point now because now uh, Elena is like, oh, I'll just go home and stuff. It's like, uh, let me drive you. Because Stefan's really trying to rebuild this relationship. And she doesn't care. And she doesn't care. And she also says, oh, I'll look. Andrew, this house is only a few blocks away. And it's like, since when is the boarding house near any sort of civilization? No, I always thought it was in the old wood. Yeah. Like, so that's just another small plot hole that I, we're going to ignore because we do like the tone of this book. We do. Um, guess who's at her house, though? Caleb Lockwood. Smallwood. Smallwood. <laughs> Damn it, I put Lockwood. Weird. <gasps> What's Lockwood from? I don't know. Caleb Smallwood is done cutting the grass. Oh, and yeah, he is. we learn this guy's a bit of a character. And he's just been slurping lemonades all day. He's He not only slurps down lemonades, he's got some fun little magic tricks with cards. Yeah. And, He's from um, Laura's birthplace, New Orleans. Yeah, me originally from New Orleans. We know he his parents also died, so they have a connection. Yeah. Um, and he also tells a story of when he was younger, and Tyler was visiting him, and they got their fortunes told in French Quarter. Um, and Tyler, he only really remembers Tyler's fortune because like his was pretty normal. But Tyler got a spooky fortune that I didn't write down. Did you? Uh, it, it was like. Something bad's gonna happen to you. I think it you. was like, you're gonna have power that you can't control. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that was exactly it. It was like alluding to the fact that he was going to be a vampire. Um, and Elena's 
like, as she's, like, getting flirted with, because that's, she loves it, she's like, maybe I should invite Caleb to the picnic me and my friends are going on tomorrow? Would that be nuts? Yeah, she is considering this, and then at night, too, she writes in her journal about how Caleb just, like, gets her. Yeah. Like, Caleb gets her away that Bonnie and Meredith don't. But it doesn't seem like it's on a friend level. It seems like it's on a deeper level. Yeah, it turns out Elena always just needed to date someone whose parents were also dead. I guess so. But, you know, as Bonnie has said, everyone loves Elena because as Caleb is, like, about to touch Elena's shoulder before she goes back in to be like, hey, is everything, like, okay? A crow swoops down. Uh Uh-oh. And what do crows remind us of, everybody? Damon. Also, I'd like to point out in her journal, she does write how she's jealous Bonnie was saved by Damon because she didn't realize he must have feelings for her, which like, oh my God, give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Elena, let let Bonnie have something. Um, Speaking of Bonnie, we do check in with her. She's up late at night. She's reading one of the books that uh, Mrs. Flowers has given her. I wrote down that she does uh, make note of a love spell because I thought that might come into play later. It oh, also she might does? not. She makes note of a love spell. Um, but she also steals a book from Mrs. Flowers. Yep. And it is a book about kind of teetering the line between um, death and like the place between life and death. Which sounds like it's a bad idea. I know. But she, you know, we know where this is going. She's probably about to do a ritual to try to bring Damon back using this book. talk to him. Um, And here, we don't really see her uh, results of her fruition here. Instead, we do a quick check-in with Damon. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't. He he finds the locks of hair that Elena and Bonnie have left him. Like, nice, okay. Nice, yeah. A good little check-in. Um, this is a jam-packed night because Elena's finally gone to sleep at 1 a.m. Yep. She's putting it off. She's nervous. She's going to have a dream about Damon. And she does. Surprise! That's exactly what happens. Yep. And it's a short dream because she gets woken up and she calls for Damon upon awakening. And Stefan's there at her bedside waking her up being like, nope, it's just me, Stefan. <laughs> and it's yikes. That's so... That's... Like, as bad. Well, it's worse. But it would be, like, if who you're dating right now wakes you up and you said your ex's name in your sleep. That would be, like, I've always thought about that. Just I as do, one too. Of my, I get As nervous. one of my irrational fears in a Me relationship. Too. Oh, my God. I'm so glad because I was like, is this going to sound nuts? No. I am <laughs> always, like, nervous about it because sometimes, I mean, not, like, in a, like, sexual way, but, like, you know, you'll have, like, trauma dreams about yeah. the people you dated and put you Or I'm always on. just worried that they're suddenly going to, like, call me by their ex's name just on accident by, like, just, like, doing an everyday task. And I'll be like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my weird, like, insecure rationalities that it's never happened. Mine is definitely the saying it in my sleep. I am so nervous. Because, really? I mean, I'll have, I'll have trauma dreams about yeah, my Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I'm always nervous, like, if I call out to them in my sleep, what if it happens... Hey, in real life. Maybe if it happens in real life, you'll do what Elena and Stefan do and kiss. That is true. <laughs> they yes. start making out. She's like, yes, I'm dreaming of Damon, but you're my true love. And he's like, oh, I miss him too. Yeah, and he's like, I'm really lonely and sad. And so they kiss. Uh, and Aunt Judith is about to open the door like, hello, my sweet niece. Um, and before Elena can comprehend anything, Stefan is out the door in the lawn and Aunt Judith is like, good morning, Elena. So, like, Aunt Judith has no idea that Stefan was just here. Stefan uses a little vampire speed, and Elena looks out the window, and he's just standing on the front. Like, <laughs> waving. I picture him just waving Me up too. to her. Um, and then it is, but it is the day of the hot springs, so Elena's like, I gotta get ready. I gotta go meet my friends. We're going to the hot springs. 
And Bonnie, the ride or die that she is, basically drags Celia into the other car. So everybody's piled in one car and Meredith and Lark are alone. We do get a bird's eye view of a combo between Meredith and Lark, though. And the tension is high. Awkward. Awkward as fuck. Meredith's trying to get some tea on, like, Celia. Like, kind of trying to be like... Yeah. What, like, what are, what are your feelings? Meredith asks about his studies, and he's just really praising Celia for yeah. being cool and, and hot oh, shit. And boy, is he digging himself a grave, because he's like, I'm really worried about both of you, since both of your names have shown up. Uh, and he's like, I really just want to get Celia away from here. And then kind of adds, Meredith is an afterthought. Yeah, he's like, and you should leave too, Meredith, but I'm going to get Celia out if it's the last thing I do. She starts feeling kind of empty inside because he keeps comparing, or she starts comparing herself to Cecilia. Whatever. And Alaric goes on about how, you know, he's he's got to get her out there, out yeah. of there. And, um, and, yeah, Meredith, I don't know. And Meredith uh, is about to park her car, almost accidentally hits Celia with her car, which is a big yikes, makes her look like a jealous bitch, which is unfair to Meredith. I know, she starts speeding the car up. Oh, no. But she yeah. apologizes profusely, and then they all head up to the cliff to eat their lunch. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I wrote in my notes, this all just feels like a bad idea. We don't know what's going to happen with Meredith's name. We just know it's written down. Why would you bring someone to a cliff? They're talking about cliff jumping because they're like, it's so safe. We do it all the time. And it's like, we're not dealing with safe. We're dealing with supernatural. Why would you attempt death at all? I wouldn't even cross the street. This like every their entire like friend group mindset is very horror movie of like, nothing bad's gonna happen. Yeah. No, we're oh, we'll just go see what's in the empty house. That's literally the the tone of this friend group. And honestly, I love it because I love a slasher movie. Oh yeah, for um, sure. But they're they're gonna do it anyway. Uh, everyone's changing into their sexy swimsuits. Yep. Um, um, they're on this cliff, and Matt kind of hears his little evil voice in the back of his head going off, which is it's just basically that he's jealous of Stefan, and he's mad. He's like, "Oh, look at this little vampire! Doesn't have a swimsuit on." Yeah, and he's Stefan's uh, cowering in the shade because he can't be in the sun for too long. Yeah, perfect for him because Stefan's also annoyed he can't enjoy the day in the sun like Matt. So they just got some uh, mutual jealousy going on. Yeah, and they and they do try to stop Meredith from jumping because they're like, "Hey, Meredith." Maybe don't. We don't know. Maybe just don't. Um, and yeah. uh, as she's about to dump, jump, Stefan's having a lo- lovely trauma check-in. He needs to go to therapy. About, like, all of the times that, like, people were dying and he couldn't help. He couldn't help when Elena died. He couldn't help when Damon died. He couldn't help when, like, he killed his own brother. Like, he's just, he, there's a lot of things on his shoulders yeah. that I really think a professional could help him with. I think so, too, but not in the amount of time that it's going to take for all of this to span out. Yes. Matt jumps. He's underwater for a little bit. Comes back up. Bonnie jumps. She does a cute little jump. Elena does a beautiful swan dive. Because, of course, she does. And then when Meredith jumps, she jumps. She comes to the surface. And then something yanks her under the water. Yep. And Stefan springs in a superhero vampire mode. And he swims down. He sees that Meredith is, like, tangled in a bunch of seaweed. Her legs are. And he's trying to help. And Elena, she can't let Damon, uh, not Damon, Stefan's superhero vampire all by himself. She's going to human superhero, savior us. And she decides that she's going to go help them. And she goes down, like, just as uh, Stefan is, like, finally getting uh, help to her. Uh, so they, like, launch, like, back to the surface and end up, like, the, like, waves push Elena. And she hits her head on a rock and blacks out. Yeah, so Elena dives in. Uh, Stefan 
like, suddenly he frees Meredith, yeah. and Meredith kind of, like, um, is flailing because oxygen has been cut off for her brain that for sucks. so long that she hits Elena on accident, and Elena fucking hits her head on rocks and blacks out, and I was just so fucking annoyed. She's so annoying. And she also has another dream of Damon right here, but she wakes up, and Stefan's like, I was so worried about you, but I'm also worried about Meredith. Which sucks, because she also called him Damon again this time. Yeah. And we also know that the um, seaweed on Meredith's legs spelled out Damon's name, so we're like, that's spooky. What's that gonna do? Doesn't make sense. Um, and then Matt's like, and like, they're like, maybe he's still alive. And Matt's like, it's okay if he's not. We didn't like him that much. And Meredith is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I respected him. Like, that's, that's fine. Towards the end, I respected him. But they're wondering if it's all over now that his name was there and both Celia and Meredith survived. Um, it's not over just yet because Bonnie snaps into a vision and boy, is it getting spooky because it's saying he wants you, Elena. He wants you. So we're like, what's going on? Um, but before we can even process that, we see Caleb Smallwood, like, hovering on a mountaintop nearby, and they're like, is he responsible for this? He's just kind of standing over them, looking on this cliff, and Matt takes off after him, but he's gone, poof, he's gone. And, uh, Alark's gonna go take Meredith to the hospital, and Stefan's like, Elena, please don't drive, you just hit your head really hard, and she's like, it's fine, I gotta go drive to Margaret's recital. Yeah, and Judith is called Elena and is like, hey, dumb bitch, are you coming to your little sister's dance recital? Yeah, and I love this because now we have another check-in with Stefan where we, like, realize the doubts that he's having about his relationship with Elena, and I love it because we've needed this for so long. Yeah, he's like, Elena, don't be stupid. And Elena's like, whoa, Stefan must be really on edge to call me stupid, which, good, call her out. Call her out. And, yeah, and he's just having doubt about, like, their closeness and, like, they're just, like, not where they used to be. So Elena is on her way to the dance recital, and back at the boarding house, Stefan is drinking tea, and he's kind of annoyed he's on babysitting duties. Yeah, and Meredith has an ankle sprain, and Stefan's jealous of Caleb, and he's getting really frustrated because, like, since the tension is running so high between Meredith, Alark, and Celia, it's really fucking up his psychic powers, so he can't check in where Elena's at right now. Yeah, because, I mean, this situation, he's like, I don't know if Alark is playing dumb, but it seems like Alark knows what is going on and he is both flattered and stressed yeah meredith is sitting on the couch next to cecilia celia god and celia is desperately trying to get alaric's attention and stefan's just mad he's like i'm going to go out and hunt i'm done yes with this. um but we do a, uh, another check-in with damon and he is trudging through all this ash and soot on this weird little planet he is on yep and someone finds him. Someone pulls him out of the pit that he is sinking into. When he's getting near the gatehouse on his little I'm baby quest, um, and the hole opens up, Sage is the one who catches him yeah. and pulls him out. And Sage is like, oh my god, I'm so glad I found you. I wasn't sure if I was going to. And then that that's where I completely forgot that Sage was like, I'm going to go see if I can try to bring Damon back. And he delivers on that. Um, but Sage also warns that something is wrong. And he's, he's giving him a big warning that things are not right. Yes. At the boarding house, meanwhile, they're kind of musing over Stefan's new temper tantrums. I That was really funny. They're like, has he always been this intense? And they're like, well, I think Damon was just more intense. And that way we never really acknowledged how intense <laughs> Stefan was. And, and Meredith really was like, funny. no, he was kind of normal. He was fine. Yeah. Um, that feels like the ghostwriter shitting over, like, the first seven books of being like, yeah, these characters were stupid and intense. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, for sure. 
Because Damon just read, like, a shitty novel. Yeah. Um, Bonnie's annoyed no one will ask her thoughts on who might be behind the power, and most importantly, she's annoyed at everyone's obsession with Elena. And uh, Celia also doesn't believe that Elena died and came back to life, so that's another thing that Bonnie's upset by. Yes. Celia suddenly is like, I have this friend at University of Virginia who might know what this, like, dark power is. Alaric, do you want to go? And he's like... Oh, shit, what do I do? Uh, I guess I should stay here with Meredith because of the sprain. And Celia, like, stomps off because that's not what she wanted to hear. And on her way out, she knocks over Mrs. Flower's knitting wool, and it spools out, and it spells out Bonnie. And this is hilarious that it spells out Bonnie, because as, like, Celia left, Bonnie was, like, ripping Celia a new one, being like, she can at least apologize for, like, knocking over, like, the yarn. What is Celia's issue? And now... Bonnie's next. And everyone's like, Bonnie, Bonnie, look, look. And she's yeah. like, no. So, Ste- meanwhile. Stefan's, Stefan's playing stealth mode right now. And he's like, I'm going to go get the tea on Caleb Smallwood if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, Stefan is Stefan is huffing and puffing. He's our big bad wolf. He goes to Smallwood's house because he doesn't trust Caleb. And in this shed, he can go to the shed. He doesn't have to be invited in the shed. He finds a weird ritual set up with a pentagram and photos of Bonnie, Meredith, Stefan, and Elena. Oh my gosh, I I think I was reading so fast that I like missed that. Yep, so that's that's in yeah, there. Yeah, something's off, and we also know that like the aunt and uncle Smallwood, they're gone. They're on vacation. Yeah. So Caleb has been alone in the house for a little bit of time. Yeah, and now we do an uh, Elena check-in, and she just really cannot understand why Stefan has been acting so weird lately, and it's like, girl, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what do you mean? Like, he's acting weird directly because of your actions. But she doesn't have time for that because, yes, she's on her way to the dance recital, but who better to stop and talk to but her dead parents for the second time in this book? Yep. I mean, we love Badalena going to check in on her uh, dead parents. Badalena is talking to her parents, and as she does, she hears a crunch sound behind her, and she twirls around, and Caleb Lockwood is there, and he puts his hand over her mouth to stop her from screaming. Creepy. Um, and she gets away, she starts screaming, and Caleb's like, no, 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 I'm so sorry, I, I don't know what I was thinking, I was trying, I walked in on an intimate moment, and I was trying not to scare you, but then I scared you, and now we're here, and I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not doing anything, I didn't mean to assault you like that, I apologize. He's like, I just saw you at the lake today, it looked like you weren't breathing, and you drowned, and I wanted to check in yeah. on you, and they have another, my parents are dead and moment. Honestly, I love the accountability from Caleb, because no one's ever apologized for any sort of assault in this book. No, absolutely not, and I, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, he's just anxious and acting yeah. out of his own accord. And then while they're having this little my parents are dead moment, uh, Stefan comes in and he's aggressive. And he is ready to fight. And Elena's like, please do not fight Caleb. And Stefan's like, you don't know what this guy is. He's dangerous. And Elena's like, no, he's not. And Caleb's like, please don't hurt me. And he tussles with Caleb. The only move Caleb gets in is picking up a rock and throwing it at Stefan. Which, which he dodges. Is, which is hilarious. And what Stefan does instead oh my God. is pick Caleb up throw him into the air, and then just watch him thud to the ground. Slams him onto a headstone, which makes his head bleed. And Elena's like, Stefan, you need to leave. I need to take him to the hospital. What the fuck? And he's like, uh, okay, sorry, Elena, I love you. And he just leaves. She calls 911 because he, she's like, he isn't evil, but Stefan insists something's off with him. But she, he's like, yep, he just, he's like, I love you, uh, bye. 
Aunt Judith picks up Elena and is like, wow, lucky for him, you found him. He could have been there for days. Yeah. And this is when we learn that the Lockwoods are on vacation. Yeah, and then she's like, it's also weird. They don't seem too worried that Caleb's up here by himself. And they also don't seem too worried that Tyler's been missing for a really long time. I think these parents never want to be parents. Some, something's going on. But Elena decides to take a sexy bad girl bath. Elena cries in her sexy bad girl bath. And she goes, ugh. Let me weigh in my mind my feelings for both Stefan and Damon, who I obviously love more and I don't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, wow, I thought that coming back would be easy, but actually nothing has been easy for me since the Guardians made us alive again. Yeah. Because Stefan's been really aggressive and irritable lately, and I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Yeah, this poor girl, she just cannot understand other people's emotions. She's just really sad she doesn't know Stefan anymore, you guys. Yeah. That's all that's happening. Um, But let's check in with Alaric and Meredith, and everybody is pampering the fuck out of Bonnie at the boarding house because... Bonnie's real worried that she's next, so they're making her cookies. Tea. And all of that. And Alaric and Meredith are, like, alone in the kitchen, and things are, like, kind of normal with them. And Alaric's putting the moves on. Meredith figures no better time than the present to tell Alaric that I'm a vampire hunter, so she does. She does that after he tells her that he loves her. Oh, he does. Yeah. Honestly, any good thing Alaric does, I just gloss over because I just want him gone. Because he's a red flag. Um, and this is where we kind of, uh, learn from Meredith's deducing that the whole Klaus thing that happened in book four didn't, it doesn't exist here. The, the whole Klaus thing that happened in her, like, at when she was three years old didn't happen. The vampire that, like, sent her grandfather to the, 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 the psych ward didn't happen. He died at a retirement home from a very normal life two years ago. Her brother was never whisked away and taken from her. So she has a whole brother that she doesn't know and he apparently went to a boarding school when he was 14 because he was such a black sheep. And now he's in the military. And even better, she's not a half vampire, so she doesn't have to eat blood sausage. Yeah. Whatever that Thanks is. Thanks fucking God. Um, but now we're checking in with Bonnie. She's in her, like, lovely little room, and she's eating her cookies. She insists that she can sleep alone with no one in the room. Um, I Heaven forbid, I would never do that. No, I would not I either. would be like, I need, I need people round the clock watching me sleep. Yep, when she said, I don't need anyone here, that tipped me off to, oh, she's probably going to get up to some shit. Yep, and she does. Yep, when everyone's asleep, she pulls out her little book on boundaries between the quick and the dead. The book she stole because Bonnie's going to be bad now, too. Yep, she sets up her little ritual, she cuts her hand, and she calls to Damon, but Damon's not the one who responds. No, we hear a breath behind her, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, spooky. And then there's a voice, and it's not anything haunting but it's more of like the negative voice in your head yeah and it seems like bonnie right now is in a protective circle and this voice is kind of also in the protective circle yeah and this voice is like oh yeah you know elena's better than you and all of that damon doesn't want to talk to you he never loved you he never noticed you um it's like Like, no no, one's gonna love you yeah no one loves you all of that and bonnie like finally like overpowers it and is about to like turn around and face this voice um the candles go out, she turns, nothing's there. She accidentally knocks the book over and a candle, which breaks the circle, which is not good, it's not good, and fog envelops her as she's trying to, like, reach for the door, but she doesn't get there. Instead, she just falls into darkness. Collapses under the fog. And that's where we're leaving off for this part of the book, folks. Gotta leave you on a sexy cliffhanger. Yep. Yeah, Bonnie we do. in over her head. 
in too deep, as the kids would say. Uh, rolling in the deep, like Adele says. Rolling in the deep. Wow. Um, should we do canceled character first, or should we do top five first? Let's uh, let's switch things up. Let's do canceled character first. Really? Okay. I think we might cancel the same person. Okay. Who? Okay. I was obviously thinking a lark. I was thinking a lark too. Yeah. Because like he's two timing. He's two timing. And Elena's two timed. But not in the way a lark's two-timed. No. I mean, also, like, taking, like, flaunting her around Meredith, you're already yeah. going to give this girl um, irreversible trauma for uh, grooming her. Yeah. Don't cheat on her, too. Yeah. We've canceled the lark before, and we'll cancel him again. I'm fine we'll with fucking it. Fucking watch He's us. really annoying in the shows, too. Um, well, now let's bring us to our top five. The, this is the things that we uh, wish exist in this alternate universe. Because we know we're on a different timeline and things are very similar, but there's a few things that are different. So we're talking about the things that we hope are a little different here. Number five is one, for some reason, I feel very near and dear to my heart. Um, I don't know why I want them together so badly, but in this one, Mrs. Flowers never becomes old again. And Matt is now dating the young Theo version of her. I would, well, I would, I, I'd ship it. I don't know. I, kinda, I, I, I really want a universe where they work out. Yeah, and uh, for this number four universe, I pitched this that, uh, I think we pitched this together, we tag teamed, um, but we pitched that, what if Meredith isn't in this friend group anymore in this timeline? Meredith was sent to boarding school with her brother, mm-hmm. and we just don't really see her. Maybe she becomes a villain later, we don't know. Maybe she becomes a villain later, maybe Klaus stole her and made her a vampire too. A yeah, possibly. A lot of options. Number three, uh, oh, oh, we love this one. We love this one. We really want Bonnie to get a lot of male attention. Yeah, we. I would love if Bonnie was getting lots of suitors, going on lots of dates, having lots of kisses and sexy time, and just, like, being the powerful woman that we know she can be. She needs to be. Yeah. Um, and then number two, um, we thought this one would be interesting. Uh, Caroline as a bigger character and then friends with them. That would be so confusing to wake up Right? Like, how confusing would that be to wake up to? Because it's like, on a base level, that doesn't sound like, oh, that's like, that's not that revolutionary. But it's like, you, all of these things you've done, Caroline now just has a vivid memory of doing them with you. And you have to just like, put aside every emotion you've ever had about her and be friends with her now. Do you just have to abandon the hate? Do you yeah. like her now? Does, does the hate come back ever? Is there something you do that, like, uh, gets gets it there? I don't know. Are and number know? one, it seems like the book is kind of teasing this in a way, because Elena sucks. Um, Elena dating Caleb Smallwood. Yeah, what if she woke up that day after the Guardians and her boyfriend Caleb came to pick her up? How crazy would that be? And you're just like, where's Stefan? Yeah, and but it's like, she, Stefan's still there. But, like, she has to somehow explain, like, she has two boyfriends. God, that'd be, that would be so funny. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Like, do you break up with the boyfriend you have in this timeline, or do you kind of see where things go? Yeah, you're like, well, I owe it to Caleb. Yeah. I have known him for a week. Wow. And that's it. That's our top five. That is our that, top five. Our top five, five our canceled character, our first part of The Vampire Diaries, uh, The Hunters, Volume 1, Phantom. That means, that means there's going to be a ghost, probably. Oh, fine. Probably, right? You could, that would be great. Maybe one of them could have ghost sex. You know, I'll say it. I'll say it if anyone's made it to 54 minutes. Um, I've always wanted to have sex with a ghost. I feel like everybody would give in the opportunity. Genuinely, I've always thought about it. Um, a lot. I actually think about it a lot. 
And on that note, you should find... I do, I do, I really do. And if you'd also like to fuck a ghost, <laughs> make sure you give us five stars on Apple Pods and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast because the more ratings we get, the more reviews we get, the better we can make the podcast. Yeah, I woke up to a one star on Apple Pod yesterday and I was very sad. So get your friends to give us five stars. Yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> get your friends together and give us five stars. Please give babies five stars. And then also while you're at it, um, follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Maggie underscore and Laura and underscore Laura. Oh, you just fucked up my name because you can, can't you? Maggie and Laura. I just thought <laughs> they might understand that, that makes no, that's perfect sense. I'm joking. Uh, nice. You can also follow us at Yowie Reddit on Twitter and TikTok. We are maybe banned on TikTok right now, but we're coming back. Yeah, we posted my little booty um, because I think booties are inherently funny. Yeah, and we got uh, we had to submit an appeal to get it back, so we can't really post any content in the meantime, but we're hoping soon. We're still going to film drafts after yeah. this. Yeah. And, um, and uh, email us if you want to at present at gmail.com. And this is an audio mint podcast. If you're looking for other podcasts, go there. We have lots of friends on there. Um, and that's it. That's it for this episode. We did it. We did it. We'll see you next week for the rest of the Vampire Series Diaries of the Phantom. I'm holding up the book for Maggie. The Hunter's Phantom. I said the Phantom Hunters. (gasps) Goodbye. You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.